go. We're going. Sweet. So this episode is going to be a discussion on pretty much what we've been up to. Update. Yeah, update on you know why we had such a long hiatus, um, the current projects we're working on that you guys can get involved in when they start rolling out. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can. You want to get it started, Matt? Yeah. So season two is underway, and we want to start doing more kind of discussion episodes instead of actual like interviews or topics because we've got a lot of cool homies in the area that sometimes we just kick it and discuss really cool things. So for this one, we're gonna do an update, and honestly, the past what has it been three or four months. Episode or since season one ended? No, not quite. Maybe like two or three. Two or three. Yeah. Okay, so like late August. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, honestly, hunting season has started, and I think that's been one thing that's taken me away from it because I've been on three elk hunts, um, and not not sacred hunts with Monsul, but like actual hunts here. So um, that's taken me out of it for a little bit. Uh, Nate's been on a couple hunts. He actually got his first deer, which is cool. Yep. Got a doe. Got a doe on his land. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've just been busy with school. I started a residency in uh, Parker, Colorado with the Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Mm-hmm. So I'm really stoked on that. And I think a lot of good things are going to come out of this residency. So let's get into that a little bit. What does the re- residency look like? Why did you choose this clinic? What's up with all that? Yeah, so basically a residency is like the master's degree for a form of an internship. Okay. So I'm basically just putting in 150 hours over the semester with uh, any healthcare company. Mm. You know, I'm going for healthcare administration, so I needed to pick a health healthcare organization to work with, and I was like, fuck conventional medicine. <laughs> I'm not going to go get a job in a hospital or a, a typical clinic because um, that's not how we operate, you know. Mm. And so I sought out functional medicine clinics and I looked into a couple of them, but Colorado Center for Functional Medicine looked the most legit, mm. in my opinion. And I went into their office when they were still in Denver, uh, and the the lead doc was super cool, and he said I could come on board and do my residency there. So you said it looked the most legit. Why was it the most legit? What uh, what about it? Like what set it apart from everyone else? The fact that it was I just liked the name. You know, like yeah. a, lot, a lot of them were like Radiance Healthcare, Om- Marketing, <laughs> Om- Omniance Healthcare, like, you know, they're like really yeah. touchy, feely functional medicine. And this is like Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Just yeah. like, yeah. And it's just telling you what it is. Exactly. <laughs> and it was just like the, the colors were like dark blue and like navy blue. Mm. And it was just like the cool logo. So it was really more about the marketing and not the services? Or did well, you look into in, the services? Initially, okay. initially um, that just off the, off the bat caught my attention. And it was the closest to my area. Okay. So I just drove to their office and I walked in um, and the the patient care coordinator at the front desk was super cool. Mm. And she, uh, and it just so happened like Dr. Bannock was walking out of his office. And I was like, hey, what's up? Like, mm. And we just started talking, and I told him real quick. I'm like, yo, I'm a student at Metro State. I'm, I need to find a place to do a residency for graduate school, and I, I really want to learn more about functional medicine. And he was like, okay, sweet. Let's set up a time to talk. Mm. And then, like, a couple of days later, I went in there, sat down with him for, like, 20, 30 minutes, and um, told him that functional medicine is, like, my passion, and I want to help grow it, and I'm opposed to f- conventional healthcare. Mm. And so he's letting me just kind of be in the office. He's my mentor. He's showing me the ropes. And I'm working with uh, a wellness coach there 
and we're developing a corporate wellness model. Oh, nice. So yeah, we're doing some cool things and, um, yeah, I'm just learning the business side of functional medicine. And so why, backing up a little bit, why fuck conventional medicine? Because it's a broken model. So I've been studying healthcare mm-hmm. for the past uh, 18 months uh, at, the, at the graduate level. Mm-hmm. I've been taking um, multiple classes, uh, going full-time in, in school. And even, so my first class in the program was his, the healthcare history. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a semester diving into the history of our healthcare system. And that alone was enough to show me how corrupt it is. Mm. You know, it laid the foundation. You know, it's it's it showed the history like in the 1940s, um, 1950s, like the American Medical Association just took over everything. Mm. And they pretty much controlled the whole system. And it's based on profit. It's a profit-driven model. And mm. so when you look at healthcare as a business and as an industry, the sole purpose of it is to make money. Mm. And if you have healthy people, you can't make money, mm. you know? So they sell drugs and in order to be a doctor, you have to go through an AMA certified school. So the AMA basically picks who can be a doctor and mm. you have to put in all this training. Uh, you spend all this money getting certified, getting your degree, getting all this stuff. And then you have to go work in a, a healthcare clinic that is owned by the AMA. Mm. So they set all the regulations. So now you have a doctor who's trained by the AMA coming out and has to work in an AMA certified healthcare setting. And he just bills through insurance and he has to make money. And so now he's become part of the system and is just making money. So what, how does Dr. Bannock stand out amongst other, like a conventional doctor? Uh, What, What are his similarities? And then what is he doing differently? So basically once a, a doctor gets out of school mm-hmm. and um, gets his uh, medical degree, he can pursue further training in functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And this is anywhere from like an 18 month, 12 to, 12 to two, 12 month to 24 month process, depending on what route they go. And right now the IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine is like the leading mm-hmm. uh, institute for certifying practitioners. So most doctors will go through the IFM, and that's what Dr. Bannock has done. So he is an MD as well? No, he is a, a chiropractor. He's a chiropractor, okay. But, but he is working under the guidance of an MD. Okay. So in order to practice, he, he doesn't prescribe any medicines or any drugs. That's really the only difference is, like, the mm-hmm. MD can prescribe drugs, and he can't say, like, oh, you have thyroid disorder or whatever. Mm-hmm. He can't diagnose mm-hmm. or give drugs. Um, but there's an MD above him who he advi- who advises him. Mm. And if he needs to, he can get prescriptions and he can diagnose through him. Mm. Um, but he ha- he's a functionally certified, he's a certified functional medicine practitioner. Okay. Yeah. Pull that up to your oh. mouth a little bit. There we go. Audio error for a second. Okay. Um, anything else you want to say on the subject of functional medicine? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, real quick. Um, right now it's not, like I said, it's not covered through insurance. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest barrier. So what my long-term goal and vision to do is um, create an insurance model that covers functional medicine. Mm. And it, it, Big mission. It is, but check it out. It's, a, it's not going to be in the conventional model. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to fall away from typical healthcare. It's going to be its own branch. Mm. And I think that there's enough badass practitioners out there now, and there's it's a growing, uh, you know, functional medicine is growing, and I feel like more and more people especially younger doctors could go down this route. And me and Nate, like we, we know some and we'll have them on the the podcast here soon. Abed, 
Yeah. So he's a um, cardiologist who's a functional medicine practitioner. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to talk to him about peptides. So that's a whole different topic. But yeah, just any, real quick, functional medicine, I think it's the future of healthcare and I want to help like change things. Mm. That's, so, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, my experience with it has been really positive. Mm-hmm. Um, my most current, I'm working with Ways to Well. Exactly. Most current uh, functional medicine doctors I've worked with. and They're out of Texas. They're out of Texas. And Brigham Bueller, I Badass. think, ma- yeah, I think maybe part of your idea, we talked about this a while ago, but he he basically said in a podcast, like, he had to create his own pharmacy mm-hmm. in order to get away from the limitations of insurance and pharmaceutical exactly. companies and, and all this stuff. And so um, he's, he's like um, an inspiration for me because he created his own pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So I want to create my own insurance. Mm-hmm. And so what it's going to do is basically I'm going to create a, a, a network of pr- providers in Denver area, mm-hmm. other functional medicine practitioners that can become part of this network. And that is, those are the practitioners that it'll cover. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be basically creating an, an, a new network of just functional and holistic practice um, providers. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's dope. I, I love that he has his own pharmacy because they're always coming up with like crazy formulations and mm-hmm. stuff. So like, they have but super legit ones. Oh, super legit. Like they have that one restore, mm-hmm. which is like a microdose of metformin and chromium and DHEA and resveratrol. <sighs> exactly. But a lot of people don't want the metformin. Actually, myself included. I was taking it and I was kind of like, ah, I just don't feel like I want to take this. So they're making a new one that instead of metformin, it's berberine. Dude, berberine is, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. Berberine's the shit. But it, you're getting, of course they would do that. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> berberine uh, bonded with chromium, resveratrol, and DHEA. Yo, think if which they is gave, so dope. Think if they gave that to average patients. Yeah, and it's five milligrams, a microdose of DHEA. So that's, you're not getting like this over and above. But dude, and that's, that's how it should be because, um, for instance, like DHEA, people talk bad about it because it's a hormone. Yeah. But it, when it's taken in small doses, it's very, very effective. Yeah, it's, it's you know? good for you, yeah. Exactly, and it, it gets a bad rap because, like, bodybuilders and stuff will take, like, 500 milligrams. Yeah. But <laughs> take, like, these insane doses yeah. on, on top of other hormones. And or anabolics. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that just gets, gets you huge. But, like, if you take these small doses, it can help out big time. Yeah, I mean, it just, like, just in terms of, like, general... Like cognitive performance, mm-hmm. physical performance, totally. like even recovery. Yeah, and, all that stuff. Uh, well, and and um, a big one is mood. So like, mm. mood is linked to like low DHEA and testosterone mm. for sure, or um, uh, depression. Excuse me. Okay. So depression. People who are depressed, just your mood. T- typically, have, <laughs> you could I, say your mood's linked to those things. <laughs> it is. It is. But uh, specifically, depression. No. Is, yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you're feeling depressed and like low and just tired and fatigued. More than likely, you have low DHEA, yeah, and low testosterone. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like well, you like you. I don't remember exactly what the path, like the hormone pathway is, but they're like inextricably linked. DHEA and testosterone. Oh, big time! You, yeah, it's the yeah. Uh, it's DHEA is like the uh, the the like the pre hormone. Like it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like it creates like it's like the base for sex hormones. Mm. So like estrogen comes from it too. I, mm-hmm. be, I believe. Well, and I know. Well, estrogen comes from a lot of places. Yeah, you could pull up a hormone map. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, I know estrogen can come from aromatization of testosterone. So, which is why you get like bodybuilders who end up with like man boobs <laughs> because they have too much testosterone. 
Exactly. So much it aromatizes into estrogen. Exactly, because it gets it's the conversion pathway. Yeah, and they get gynecomastia. Mm-hmm. My my nephew, sorry, Michael, I'm gonna call you out, bro. Um, I don't think he listens to this yet, but <laughs> he he got gyno, but he's you know he's 15, going through puberty, and he got gyno because his testosterone was so high. What? And it lasted for like 30 days, and then it went away. Dang, dude. Yeah, but it's like I looked it up because I was like, oh, is this like okay 50 percent of boys get it apparently really well that statistic though i didn't look into the dates on it i'm wondering is it 50 percent of boys now mm-hmm. get it was that always the case because i didn't get that i didn't know anyone when i was that age going through puberty who got gyno no me neither but also like i don't know many people many boys would be like oh yeah check it out dude i got boobs growing <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah it's a real thing 50 percent of boys get it really yeah Wow. That's crazy. But it's gone now, so he's all good now. He's, he he leveled out. That's good. So yeah, he was able to come back to balance. Well, not, but it's no, yeah. it's like a normal reaction when you're that young. Totally. Going through getting that much more testosterone than your body's used to. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's why, um, like, health, I really feel like, comes down to just balancing hormones. That was a you big know? part of it. I it's wouldn't say bit, it's the only thing. It's definitely not, but, like, if you're healthy, you're going to have healthy, balanced hormones. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like... Mm-hmm. It's a good way to tell because if your hormones are out of balance, like something is causing that. And like, yeah, I mean, well, insulin's a hormone, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're like testing your fasting insulin's probably a better indicator than your fasting blood sugar. Exactly. Because like I, my last blood work that I did, my blood sugar was a little elevated, but my fasting insulin was super low. And she's like, oh, it's weird. Like your blood sugar's up. And I was like, well, I literally like, I ate right before bed and then I had ice cream right after dinner and then went to sleep mm-hmm. and then did blood work first thing in the morning. She's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. But my fasting insulin was low, which is a good thing. So fasting insulin's low, blood sugar was a little bit elevated. Mm-hmm. And so it's like in terms of like a long-term view, as long as the insulin, insulin is down, then that's a good thing. Exactly. And this is why I think um, checking your blood sugar every now and then. It's yeah. beneficial. But from checking my blood sugar, I realized how much lifestyle can impact it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I think looking at insulin is way more effective for that same reason. Because you could literally, like, one week be super stressed and eat a ton of carbs and not sleep that much. Mm-hmm. And that one week, your blood sugar could be borderline 100, 105. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next week on vacation, you're just, like, chilling and sleeping and walking and exercising. Mm-hmm. And, like, your blood sugar can be in the 80s. Yeah. So it's like looking at your insulin, though, that shows how your body's using that blood sugar. Yeah. They need to develop, like, they have the continuous glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. But I think I heard somewhere on the grapevine that they're trying to develop one that tests fasting insulin, glucose, ketones, and another, and like, and it tracks sleep. Nice. So it's like an aura ring attached to your arm, but it's tracking glucose, ketones, insulin, and your sleep metrics, which would be if, like, that would be a game changer if somebody had that for six months, you know? Yeah. That'd true. be good for a lot of people. That would be. Not everyone needs that level, mm-hmm. but some people, like if you're a diabetic, that would be a game changer. Yeah. You know? Totally. Be able to track all those things just from your phone and be like, oh, well, look at that. I know. That 24-7. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a CGM for, I did the two-week trial with it, and it definitely was a really interesting two weeks. Yeah. No, I would love to get one, but like, do you think you could train jiu-jitsu with it? Ah, no. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Well, I mean, they do actually make, so they have a big sticker that goes on it, Mm -hmm. and then they make sleeves that you can wear over it. Oh, gotcha. To hold it in place. But still. 
Still, it might be a little sketch. Yeah, I would, you could probably lift weights with it and stuff. And like, yeah, I did all that. Yeah, you, you can lift. train with it. You can train just normally with it. Probably not jiu-jitsu. Yeah, jiu-jitsu is a little tough. That's you like pushing it. Well, I like that's like a whoop watch. I tried to wear my whoop in jiu-jitsu, and I was like, it just instantly first roll is just off. I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> like a five hundred dollar thing. I'm about to destroy. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like jiu-jitsu and maybe like scuba diving or something are like the only sports where you can't like wear shit like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe scuba. You might be able to scuba. I mean, yeah, maybe. There's, I, there's probably some crazy sport out there. Like, I guess yes. any martial art. Any martial art, really, yeah. yeah. When you just get so sweaty, too, it's just like things are going like, to not stick the same. And yeah, I mean, good chance to mess it up. But, yeah, so a uh, quick sidetrack. DHEA is a precursor for um, many sex hormones, especially um, estrogen and testosterone. Mm. Um, it's on WebMD, so if you have low DHA, you're gonna die. That's one of the side <laughs> effects, so. No, but here's the interesting. So here, here, like DHEA is like a precursor, right? So it, it is required for estrogen and testosterone to get made, mm-hmm. and so um, estrogen and testosterone then have to get used and metabolized by the body. Mm-hmm. So looking at DHEA is good and valuable, but like. You also have to look at your testosterone and estrogen and how well they're being metabolized. Mm-hmm. You know, because some guys could have low testosterone and low estrogen, um, or some guys could have low testosterone and high estrogen, mm-hmm. which is a bad thing. And it comes into major issues when females aren't able to metabolize their estrogen and their their levels increase. Mm. That's a huge contributor, to like breast cancer and stuff. Mm. You know, so like you really have to understand how DHEA works and how they're metabolized. And this is why like a functional medicine doctor who's trained in these advanced blood works can be so beneficial because mm-hmm. like you can go into a conventional doctor and they're like, oh yeah, your testosterone's fine, mm-hmm. but um, there could be an underlying cause or there's an, a deeper way to interpret it. Oh yeah, I mean with the like the relationship between you know male female sex hormones is mm-hmm. critical cuz oh, even super, yeah. like for a guy you can have so I was talking to my I'll just share my personal information. Yeah, like, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, so I was talking to my doc and this was after doing like a bunch of different stuff to get my testosterone levels back up cuz they mm-hmm. crashed for a number of different reasons which you don't necessarily need to get into. Um, I'll just get into them because that sounds yeah. weird. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like I, uh, one of the theories from my doctor was the concussions I've had. So I've had two or three like pretty good concussions in the yeah. last five years. Um, that can affect your pituitary gland, which can affect your relationship to your testicles, and so that mm-hmm. causes that can cause low testosterone. So that she said that's one. Um, my habitual marijuana use. <laughs> From sixteen to twenty something, she said could affect have affected it in like a more of a long term fashion, not necessarily in that moment. Um, and then yeah, I mean just like drugs and alcohol, all that stuff, and then uh, just overtraining. Yeah, he told that's yeah, a, yeah, dude, because so, like you go hard as fuck. I like, used to. I yeah, no, like when we had the gym, like you know, like we'd yeah. go to Earth Treks and like we would like climb for an hour, then, like, lift for an hour. Then yeah. Like, then we'd, like, go to jiu-jitsu. Then we'd go, like, yeah. you know, it's just, like, so, it just, yeah, yeah. chronic overtraining yep. is super damaging. Yep. So it could it's it's all likely of all, all of, of those exactly. things. Like, but anyway, you know, I recovered from it and then did my blood work after I recovered. My testosterone went up to, like, 1,400. It was just, yeah. like, way and dude, And this is why um, looking at hormones is so key. Yeah. And, like, you did it through lifestyle. Yes. You know, and um, targeted supplementation. You didn't do TRT. No. And that's where I think we run into issues is mm-hmm. like, imagine if a doctor was like, oh, here's some, just 
take some testosterone. Well, and like that's that's why I love Wastewell because they're like I don't want to put exactly, you on TRT. Exactly, dude. TRT just like sets you up for failure. Yeah. Well, it I it would can't say- it can't if you don't address it. Like if you yeah. just if you have a shitty lifestyle and you don't do anything to fix your testosterone and you just start injecting it. Oh yeah. It's like. Well, and so, like, I told her, I was like, look, I want to have fertility, mm-hmm. and I want to have kids at some point. I'm still young. I don't want exogenous TRT. Exactly. Whereas, like, dude, if I was 50 and had maybe low T and I already had mm-hmm. three kids, I'd be like, yeah. fucking hook me up. Yeah, like, I would probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. At that point, it's a little different. But and that's, like, I think that's beneficial. Yeah. Exactly. And then you would do it. Under the guidance of a doctor, you wouldn't exactly. just be getting this shit and blasting it all the time. Totally, unless but, you know the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so like my testosterone went way up and then your estrogen should rise with it. Mm-hmm. And this is an important piece because the testosterone's aromatizing into estrogen. And then if you don't, so if you have high testosterone in like, let's say like bottom of the barrel estrogen, super low, you will have no sex drive. Totally. You yeah. have zero sex drive and, and actually like lack interest in women. Totally. And then if you have too high of estrogen, you'll be like horn dogging all the time, but can't hold a boner. Mm. So you need actually like the yeah. right amount where you're in the like just in the middle. That's what I'm and saying. That's what a lot of people don't. They think it's all about testosterone for sex drive. It's like actually you need both. Exactly. It's the balanced relationship between. Mm-hmm. And you could say you could get it esoteric with this and say the masculine and feminine need to be balanced totally. for success and i same with females on the opposite end of the spectrum they, it is yeah. they need testosterone too yeah they need it for their sex drive exactly yeah and for like strength and just like ability to push you know and mm-hmm. like um and that's beneficial for any female yeah any person needs that and like mm-hmm. nature made it that way yeah it's, to, it's having a little bit of both. You exactly. Have both. It's the yin and the yang. Exactly. And like hormones are so delicate. And I really feel that I'm starting to come up with this new theory that like men's health, um, like the foundation for it is like sexual health and optimizing sex hormones. Mm. Because if you're a male and like you have optimal sexual function or sexual performance and you can't perform, you can't get an erection, like that's going to impact your mental, emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other factors that go into it. But yeah, it's... um. It's not all just about taking Viagra and Cialis, and no, that's just gonna just cause long term issues. It masks the problem. Yeah. yeah, it like leaves the underlying issue um, there while you just like it causes you to just get like this crazy rock hard tent pole. Well, dude, and fucking, yeah. did you know that uh, Cialis can cause deafness? I'm sure it can cause all sorts of shit. But you can go deaf from taking it. Like, how fucking crazy is that? Yeah, seriously. Because it's like you have. I th- it has something because you're it's it's different than Viagra. Viagra like gives you a boner. Yeah, Cialis increases it's, blood flow, and so it's causing something mm, with your ears getting maybe too much blood flow. Dang, and then you can go deaf. Like that's dang. fucked up. Yeah, like, dude, that's not just natural. that alone. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Touch that Seriously, <laughs> and like that's why I feel so bad for a lot of males. And like we addressed this in my men's health class, mm. you know, in college. It's like erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation can like really do a lot of damage to a male psyche. Oh yeah. And especially if the doctor's like, okay, here's some Cialis and Viagra. Mm. And uh, now they even have like numbing gels for premature ejaculation. What? Yeah. So guys, doctors will prescribe numbing cream for your penis. But that's just going to go into the girl. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. I know. She'll be numb. It's crazy. I'm not making this stuff up. Like this is like a selfish cream. And this is uh, our healthcare system that's doing it. Yeah. You know, and that's why I don't, that's why I'm going functional medicine because if a man comes to us and he's like, oh man, my testosterone is low. I'm having erectile dysfunction. It's like, all right, let's look at your hormones. Let's look look at your diet. Mm -hmm. Let's fix your sleep. 
Let's uh, get you some zinc supplementation, um, maybe some beetroot or some arginine, mm. you know, and like me and you know all tons of herbs, ashwagandha, mm. more, more than likely some vitamin D mm. and start strength training three days a week, uh, go on a daily 30 minute walk, you know, do mm-hmm. some pelvic floor exercises and deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're good. Mm-hmm. And like, or you can go to a doctor and spend five, 10 years taking bullshit drugs, which cost thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing, man, is like so many people say functional medicine uh, is expensive, you know, because it's like three, anywhere from like one to three, maybe $5,000 mm-hmm. um, for like months of treatment. But it's only expensive because you have to pay out of pocket. And that's what people yeah. don't realize. The insurance system pays thousands of dollars to go see regular doctors drugs like viagra probably cost hundreds of dollars to prescribe well then the argument against that would be the argument right there when you yes you're paying out of pocket and the cost is the same Mm -hmm. except someone's gonna say well yeah but i don't have to pay it because i'm paying my insurance exactly but taxpayers and it all trickles down it because it's more of like a twisted system that you're not seeing the dark side of it Mm -hmm. because it's not in your face behind the shadows conventional medicine is more expensive yeah so well fun- it's just i mean and that's why i want to create this insurance model mm-hmm. you know because it's like bro like it makes sense like well it's very similar to what's going on with the dollar like yeah. we talked about this on the phone the other day where you have a you know what well, you use ten thousand dollars the easy number you have ten thousand dollars in your bank account today a year from now it might be debased by 15 percent or inflated whatever mm-hmm. and it's actually worth 8500 but you still see 10000 mm-hmm. That's like the healthcare system. Like You're still seeing like, oh, I paid my $20 copay. Yeah. Because that's all you psychologically exactly. saw. But if you actually looked in behind the scenes yeah. to both the, our economy and the healthcare system, mm-hmm. which are inextricably linked at this point, yeah. like you're going to see a lot of shady shit And then happening. over the course of your lifetime, the amount that you pay for insurance oh, yeah. is like insane. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, dude, I've like, I don't, I haven't paid that much this year. I started Ways to Well in March. It's November now. And I've paid I've paid probably less than two grand. Exactly. For that mu- like for stuff that I've been using on a daily basis. Totally. That's literally changed the quality of my life. Exactly. And they're targeted supplements based on your blood work. Hundred percent worth. And that's functional medicine is yeah. the route it's yeah. and it's so fucking awesome to talk to more and more doctors like brigham and mm-hmm. uh you know dr bannock who i'm with abed, and abed who we're gonna have on here soon and so yeah i think um this platform could be good or our, our podcast could be a good platform for like really helping you guys navigate functional medicine yeah especially, absolutely. especially athletes and hunters and just i mean anyone listening mm-hmm. can like really get a lot of benefit from it yeah well and then like Good functional medicine gets you to the point where you don't necessarily need it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm I'm getting stuff through... Like, you still get stuff from Abed or no? Mm-hmm. Not at this point. Like, yeah, but I'm still getting stuff from Ways to Well, and I probably will for a while because I can just email them and be like, hey, can you send me this? They're like, sure. I don't need to, like... They've already seen my blood work. They know who I am. The stuff I'm asking for... You would need, like, BPC, you don't even need to do blood work to take that. Exactly. It's just going to help you. Yeah, for leaky gut, it's like, pfft. Yeah, so I'll just, like, hit him up be like, I'm running low on my BPC. Yeah. Just shoot me some. Yeah, so, I know. And it's it's great, dude. And so, like, that that one has probably been the biggest game-changing, like, supplement or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. me- me- medicine that I've taken. Yeah. Well, that and, that and psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> BPC and psychedelics. Who prescribed that? No, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. universe. Yeah. 
God. <laughs> this guy <laughs> told me to. Yeah. <laughs> Great spirit, dude. He <laughs> yeah. was like, yo, fucking take this. I Just fruit. Yeah. <laughs> this grew. It came from the earth, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them did. <laughs> some of them came from. But they came like from the earth yeah. into that person. The air, and yeah, that's came true. Out. Well, then, yeah, I mean, you talk about like, I don't know, I was talking to someone about this, but you talk about like what, like natural, like natural movement mm-hmm. or just like what's natural. You're like, well, every everything technically is like even steel buildings in one regard are natural. Because they came from. Well, they came from our mind. Exactly. Like we came from the earth and then our imaginations. But to me. Built other things out of the resources here. True, true, true. So it came from here, but to me, it's still not natural. No, I I agree yeah. with you. Like I I agree with you, yeah. but my argument doesn't agree I, with you. Yeah. So it's more like I know. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, but yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> it's like no, I I fully agree. Like it's not nature, but our mind has devised the way to change the environment. Think about like a bird making a nest, right? A bird makes a nest. It's altering the environment. It's taking yeah. different things, different resources from the land, and mm-hmm. building this nest. Okay. Yeah. We can just do way more than build a nest, mm-hmm. but it's still a byproduct of our own mind coming from totally like, so we're just birthing it into reality with, with no regard to the cost. Yeah. And here's, here's a crazy example of like a natural version of that. Like, <laughs> Check it out. So I was beaver dams straight yeah. up. Yeah. So what they did is like in Patagonia, yeah. um, they took beavers from America and they released them down there. And these beavers started to build dams, which were killing the trees and like completely devastating the environment. Mm-hmm. And they they're completely out of control. Mm-hmm. And so now, like the face of Patagonia, like in in some of the um, forested regions, mm-hmm. is like completely destroying and killing these trees. And they're some of the oldest trees in the world because, um, like, they are fire resistant, mm-hmm. and they're like they can survive all the lava and like magma and shit down there. Yeah, and these trees are like thousands of years old. And they've been there forever. And, like, these beavers, like, some asshole was like, oh, I'm going to bring in some beavers and just, like, let them. And they weren't native. They weren't native. Because wow. he wanted, he knew that they would proliferate there, and he wanted to hunt them. So he wanted to, like, go for their pelts. What? Yeah, and they just completely got out of hand. When was this? Recently? No, I watched it on a nat- National Geographic, like, Wild okay. wild Chili. Um, Check it out. Wild Chili. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's see, what you're, we're talking about. Like, it's yeah. natural, but it's not natural, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what it is. We just know how to take, instead of using just sticks, we can refine trees into, like, lumber, and we can refine ore into metal. And, like, mm-hmm. but we, we do all these things that, like, right now are being becoming very damaging. Like, oh, yeah. one thing I heard, um, I just want to point this out, because this is kind of a just a wherever conversation, but on aluminum. So there is, in nature, there is no bioavailable aluminum. It's bonded to tons of different minerals and elements. It's, like, deep within the earth. And so you you would never be, like, you know, 2,000 years ago, you'd never be drinking water and be, like, worried about aluminum poisoning. Like, lead would be more common because that Mm -hmm. was more accessible. But aluminum, not so much. Yeah. Now there's so much aluminum in our part in the particulates of the sky that it's literally falling in the rain yeah no. and it's storing it it's changing the alkalinity of soil totally and so now we that's something a byproduct of us be like our hubris exactly just being like oh yeah we can do whatever we want and like now we have fucking bioavailable aluminum all over the planet and that's uh one of the main not i, I don't say specifically aluminum but like compounds like that 
So it, they're known as EDCs, like endocrine endocrine disrupting compounds. Mm-hmm. You know, and not only aluminum, but like you got fumes and pesticides, plastics. And, uh, pla- dude, plastics are huge, and like that, all of these effects are hormones. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know, a couple, you know, like five, six hundred years ago, when the environment was completely clean. Like, you didn't have all this shit, like, messing with hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're just completely exposed to it. Yep. You know, and, like, I there's this really awesome Thai restaurant that me and my, my girlfriend go to all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, ordering takeout there. And, like, I saw him just, like, taking, like, the super hot curry and, like, pouring it in this, like, plastic to-go yeah. thing. And I was just, like, ah. God dang it. And I just <laughs> ate it. I'm, you know, I'm going to eat that shit. But, like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, yep, that's happening right now. Like, I'm just literally eating plastic. Oh, like, 100%. It's yeah. so <laughs> shitty. It's so shitty. I was like, mm, fuck. Yeah, like, dude, it's, it's, fuck, it's everywhere. Yeah. And it, what what's wild is... EDCs. Yeah, the, the plastics are probably the biggest contributor to hormone dysfunction. Oh, big time. And like, we're going through... It's known as the testosterone epidemic. Yeah. Like, and, but then aluminum and mercury and lead, like heavy metals, mm-hmm. those are probably the biggest contributor to nervous system dysfunction. Totally. They bind into the nerve tissue. Exactly. And cause all kinds and of And, like, here's problems. the thing, guys, is, like, our nervous system sends electrical impulses. Yeah. So if you have, like, metals, like, in your fucking nervous system, and, like, it's... It's dangerous. You cannot say it's not going to disrupt things like oh yeah like there could be someone out there that's like oh, i'm not i don't believe in that i'm not into it it's like dude it's yeah, real it's happening like, it's like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah let, let's test your hormones bro and see what where they're at like yep yeah well no, there, there's like yeah there's so many of them mm-hmm. but i mean that's that's why you you sauna and you exactly and you it mitigate out. it and like you just have to accept that fact and like you can't like hide in a bubble yeah so like you have to like live your life but like naturally know how to detox and take supplements and like do testing every now and then yeah and I, I do think that's why you know like i am all about natural living but and dave asprey of bulletproof points this out all mm-hmm. the time he's like we don't live yeah, in a natural world we don't yeah exactly yeah. we don't live in a natural world anymore the, our world is as we just alluded to filled with more contaminants and pollutants than ever ev- ever like no time ever has it, every day it gets higher too if like, yeah you haven't so noticed. taking some methylated <laughs> b12 and folate so you can detox better exactly not probably a good idea Dude, taking totally. extra vitamin c oh, i'm all about extra vitamin c man because like so again look like, here's my story on functional testing like mm-hmm. i had extreme like adrenal dysregulation mm-hmm. so my adrenal glands were like fucking like flat <laughs> Just like poofed out, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, so I, vitamin C is really good for adrenals. So I started mm. taking higher doses of vitamin C. That definitely helped. Glutathione. Out. Glutathione for sure. And um, like, you know, some uh, licorice root and some other herbs. And um, mm. I was taking DHEA as well. Yep. You know, like a five to 10 milligram dose, mm-hmm. super small. Um, and, yeah, so, and that's what's crazy. Cause when I initially started taking it, it was from like a dripper bottle. So you're getting like, and more than I 10. was I was taking like two drops or whatever, and you know how me and you are. I was yeah. just like fuck it, like I just put like the this, whole dropper, like a fatty drop of it. Yeah, okay. And like I felt awesome for like two days, and then instantly just had horrible insomnia, and like I couldn't sleep for like two weeks. That's that's probably why <laughs> bodybuilders are like take five hundred milligrams. Like I feel amazing. Yeah, dude, and like I and then they feel like shit when they don't take it. And I realized I was like, holy shit, like this is super fucking powerful. Like I gotta respect it. You know, so like, you, you probably took like a hundred milligrams. Probably, yeah, yeah. Which still is like, um, probably less than what bodybuilders would take. Well, yeah, but it's you know? it's like more. It's it's like a super physiological dose. Exactly, and I felt it like right away. Yeah, it was nuts. And um, 
And so that's why, like, you know, like, if you just randomly take DHA or whatever and you don't need it, it could, like, fuck you up, mm-hmm. you know? Or if you, like, need it really bad, you might need a high dose for a little bit. Like, if you had, like, severe, like, adrenal exhaustion and anxiety and depression and all these things, like, that might help you, mm-hmm. you know, because you could be so low, you might need to take a 100 milligram dose. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, so yeah. F- for me, like, fixing my adrenal glands and getting to the root of it, you know, through supplements really helps me out and like i was what got me in there was insomnia because i was going through horrible insomnia i literally just could not sleep and that's because i was just so burned out and just like my whole you know adrenal system was just dysregulated and then i want to this is just like not being devil's advocate more i just want to like get into the conversation of it but do you think any mindset shift would have helped or do you think it was purely a physical thing oh mindset for sure helped out yeah. But like, but here's the thing though: is like, for like a couple years, I'd be laying there all night trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> like, maybe mm. it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this. And then, like, after the blood work, I was like, "Oh, it's my adrenal glands. Cool. I just mm. need to. I just need to focus on those." Yeah. And I was like yeah. less stressful. Like, yeah, it gave me a direction, you know. Mm-hmm. And like all these years of man or months, and like when we had the gym, dude, I was like, I'd be laying there like at four in the morning, like, "Fuck, dude, like, what, what, what's going on?" I kind of feel like ooh, there might have been, like, mold in that building, dude. Dude, there was, was all de- kinds of bad vibes. Definitely, like, dirty electricity, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, like, all like the honest, time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I would walk in there, turn the lights on, and it's all of it's like, no. Like, you could just hear them buzzing. Oh, like, dude. Oh. It was, there was some, like, bad EMF, for sure. Oh, dude. And, like, the, we were, like, in that dead zone. Like yeah, in the back of the building, you couldn't call, and, like, there was no service there. And like Yeah, was, that was weird. And, like, when we tried to film the move net course, the audio was kept being like, <laughs> they're like, we don't know what it is. You've got some bad electricity. We're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> that was a rough time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, imagine if I would have gotten that testing done then, like mm. that would have helped me out and big, it, it, a lot. Yeah, I probably would have. Yeah. So, and I mean, that was like a couple of years ago and like I was able to push through and grind through, but eventually it caught up to me. And yeah. So, it's nuts don't don't push through lack of sleep exactly yeah and if you're going through insomnia right now or like if you're just feeling super super stressed it's like you gotta just figure out ways to just chill out and calm down and nourish mm-hmm. the body and um targeted supplementation is where it's at mm-hmm. yeah we want to shift gears yeah totally what else we got going on yeah so um besides that um hunting has been pretty big yeah and so we're gonna we're gonna record um, an episode on our lessons learned from this year's hunts. Mm-hmm. We got some big ones, but Nate's gonna head out on Thursday wow. tomorrow. He's going to Texas to hunt with Monsel. He gets back, then I head out there to go hunt with him. Mm-hmm. And um, so after that episode, we're gonna be talking about some of the lessons. Yeah, and like we'll we'll dive into my doe hunt. Your hunts you did out here mm-hmm. the last couple sacred hunts um a lot of great stories that mm-hmm. have come up already and we're just gonna wait till these next two because i'm sure there's gonna be another good story this weekend exactly and yeah one totally. the next weekend and so. dude, texas every time i go down there man it's like it's a different ball game a magical place it is dude it's like this a, a journey you mm-hmm. know and um it's so cool to be part of them and it's medicine for me every time i go mm-hmm. you know well i've been explaining uh, to some other just coach. So I'm in the strong coach right now, which we could talk about a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but some of the other coaches in that, we do these calls together and we, you know, they're like 30 minute calls and we do basically like conversational coaching exercises like that we will use with clients at some point. 
Um, and the last one I did, the guy was asking me about like what like my mission is basically. And I'm like, well, like, you know, I explained, I explained hunting. I explained natural movement and training and cooking and all these things and having this cohesive system of teaching people and the audience and everyone like you can do this, just get outside and like building that as a cohesive offering and platform. And everyone I've told to, they're like, that's fucking badass. Like they, they want to be a part of that. And I know a lot of people listening want to be a part of that hunting community. Um, and so suffice to say, Matt and I, I think at some point we'll have, I, I think we'd like to do like some type of offering, maybe talking more about it, teaching more about it. Cause it's definitely a passion of both of ours. So whatever that looks like maybe it's pdf maybe it's whatever a video or something or like an actual program at some point Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's something that's kind of been on my mind at least and like really getting it out there helping support monsel's mission but at the same time it's definitely part of matt and i's mission exactly like being like conservation Mm -hmm. in general that's the the core you know the biggest core man yeah for sure preserving nature and preserving like the traditions Mm -hmm. you know and like when you talk about conservation, it's like, you know, we talk about like wilderness or nature conservation, but like I'm starting to look into it as like traditional, uh, like Native American conservation. Yeah. Like teachings of the elders and like these lessons that are slowly dying and like a lot of younger people aren't like hearing, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, hunting is a way to preserve the ancient traditional ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about going and getting all this. I mean, of course, you need gear and you need the right equipment, but it's still that primal hunter mindset, mm-hmm. you know, and just being out there, being in the elements, like going through the challenges, testing yourself, you know, and like eventually making that kill. And one thing I've always thought about is like, it's not about just killing the animal, it's about everything that you're doing out there. Mm. And always making sure that you're doing the right thing and like it's so many hunters think it's just about killing the animal yeah that's that's the last thing that doesn't even you don't even have to do that no and still have an amazing exactly (laughs) and so all these you know like you got these like there's so many youtube channels out there that show how to like kill the animal dress the animal how to like what guns you need how like how to track them how to do this but no one's talking about like how to respect fucking nature yeah how to how to treat others out there with respect how to like take care of the environment like mm-hmm. how to see the beauty in the wilderness and like how to f- track wolves and like how to see foxes and how to listen to the wind and like how to like judge distance mm-hmm. you know like how to eat healthy how to pray out there mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that you know Monsol talks about and like we want to get more into as well mm-hmm. well and like on i know that you and i have talked about this in the past i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but kind of on that train of Native American conservation, which you brought up, mm-hmm. um, I is that this this theory that we've talked about before, but of like how they came to that idea. So like a lot of people look to Native Americans, you know, within the last let's say like five hundred to a thousand years as having that deep philosophy. It's like, well, they didn't always have that philosophy. Mm-hmm. They came from ancestors who were the ones who wiped out. 50 of the 60 megafauna mm-hmm. that live in North America. They went, they, they went extinct. Mm-hmm. So my theory is they developed that idea of conservation because they killed them all off. And they knew. And they knew. They're like, oh, man, like our ancestors exactly. told us stories of 
these great beasts and they're gone. Exactly. It's, like, it's our responsibility to take care of them. I know. And they, not all of them, but a lot of them knew how, like, how to take care of the herds and, like, when yep. to hunt and, like, how not to overhunt and stuff. And well, like, and then you have the, the tribes in Siberia that live with the reindeer. Mm-hmm. And they they kill some of them for food. They hunt some, but they take care of them. They have, like, a, a relate. They ride them. Exactly. They have, like, a relationship with these reindeer. Totally. No, and that's really cool that you brought that up. Like, it's important to realize that, like, yeah, like, traditional indigenous people have done a lot of damage. Yeah. You know, and like, um, same with farming. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That's like just as damaging, you know, like. Well, you, you brought up fire resistant trees. Yeah. Here in Colorado, we had 95% of our forest, which we have a lot of forest here, mm-hmm. was just ponderosa pine a hundred years ago. That's not even close to what it is now. Now we have these massive forest fires because most of our forests have become lodgepole and blue spruce and dug fir because those are flame they they're they aren't they're low flame resistant they want to be burned damn to spread their seed to spread their seed and the reason that that happened is because of agriculture 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 came in and we we changed the ecosystem with the wolves Mm -hmm. we had less wolves in colorado so therefore we had more deer we brought in elk elk weren't native to the evergreen area at least and we brought those in and then they they start eating Mm -hmm. all the stuff that's going to be changing the growth yeah and with Ponderosa, they reproduce every couple years. And when they're saplings, deer and elk will eat them. Mm-hmm. And then that tree's not going to grow anymore. Whereas Lodgepole and the other, like, low flame-resistant trees are the opposite. They'll just, like, sprout up year after year, just, like, constantly. Damn. Yeah, and so you have this change in the environment because of farming. Exactly. And now you have more wildfires because of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And so don't think that just, like, hunting is bad or farming is bad. you got to realize both. Yes. You know, and, like, we're going to go more into it. Again, we're going to talk about more uh, interesting subjects, but one of them is going to be on, like, Native American, like, warlords. Mm. I've been doing a lot of reading up on that, and I want to, like, specifically focus on a couple of them, but it's important to realize that indigenous people were extremely violent, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, They fucking killed, like, enemies, uh, no problem. Like, some of the stories, I'm I'm reading a book on uh, Chief Red Cloud in Lakota right now, and... um, it's called the heart of everything that is, mm. and it, it explains in detail what they would do to American soldiers. Mm. <laughs> and it's crazy. So we'll, yeah. we'll go into that on a different episode. So okay. stay, stay tuned. Yeah, damn, that sounds wild. <laughs> yeah, super wild. But yeah, I mean, I'll did. I wanted to back up a little bit. This is a little off topic, but did you see the new? discovery of the human footprint they found in North America. Uh, I, I saw the headline. I didn't read that. 24,000 years old. And they're like, this changes everything like that we knew about. I, I think, um, potentially. Yeah. But well, I guess it's a footprint. Like, where's the other one? Where, okay. We can find another one. Like there could well, be, but like, so there's, they found this here, but they have enough evidence in Africa and Europe that is changing what, like basically corroborating that mm-hmm. changing like that initial it's not that all that we think we knew is wrong it's like yeah maybe that did happen but there might have been an even earlier version of that that happened where it was possible for them to cross that you know yeah, land bridge totally even earlier and then it mm-hmm. melted away again and then it was reformed because over the course of yeah tw- you know exactly 24, years to ten thousand years ago that's fourteen thousand years exactly. of time that could something could have happened mm-hmm. um and then, you know, the stu- I don't want to get into, like, the pyramid stuff because that's crazy. But, like, it's interesting, though, that yeah. there's that potential. Did you know where it was? Where was the footprint? I, it was, like, in like somewhere in the 
these like west states. I think it was like Utah or Nevada or something like really? that. Yeah, I, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay, yeah, you looked that up. Um, no, it's it's crazy to think about that, and yeah, like so much. Like, there's it's so hard to tell thing tell about things from like twenty thousand years ago, mm-hmm. you know, especially like man made things or like artificial things. Like, there was definitely humanoids around that time, you know. Oh, so. 23,000-year-old footprints, so they have multiple footprints found in New Mexico. Oh, damn. Hell yeah. Um, it would be no fossil. Yeah, fossilized footprints discovered in New Mexico indicate early humans were walking across North America around 23,000 years ago. The first footprints were found in a dry lake bed in White Sands National Park in 2009. Dude, um, and imagine what that would have looked like back then. Oh, yeah. It would have been like a cr- whole different environment. Oh, Absolutely. Now I mean, that, like, like Mammoth like, would have been there. Yeah, now it's just, like, a dry desert lake bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they, they're, like, this pushes the arrival of humans in the Americas from 13,000 years ago to maybe 26,000 years ago. So do you think, like, you think we'll be around in 26,000 years? Uh, I hope so. I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think we will. I don't think we will, dude. No. Well, I, I think maybe human beings will, but I don't think civilization will. I, I think, yeah, no, I... True, I exactly. I think that like human civilization won't be there that long. Yeah, or it'll be it'll just be a new I mean it definitely if there is a civilization, it's not gonna be anything like this one. No. Yeah. It's definitely gonna have to have fucking It's gonna be like some blade runner shit. It's gonna have to have like <laughs> Tesla's solar and if it was to exist, it would have to be very clean. Yeah. And it's gonna have to be something even even better than solar and wind because that's exactly. not even that good. Mm-hmm. On, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Seriously, like that's like, it's like good, but it's and I I think it's so like. Are you familiar with like the Tibetan Book of the Dead? Yeah, I have it. It's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. So I haven't listened or I I haven't read it, but I've been listening to uh, Maggie because she's uh-huh. she's been reading it. That's my girlfriend, and um, it's like it talks about how like our thoughts during our death determine like our next life kind of mm. influences it so you kind of like want to die in a state of peace and like you almost you accept death mm. and you like pretty much prepare your whole life for death um and i think there's a lot of validity validity to that and benefit to it but i'm starting to get to that point with civilization <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm like i'm starting to accept the fact that it probably isn't gonna last yeah and, and it'll be a good thing in the long run for everyone else besides humans mm. so it's like if you take yourself out of your little human bubble um and think about others, it's like maybe it's a good thing that civilization goes away. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. But humans are so attached to your fucking phones and internet. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I can't live without civilization. Like, it's like, yeah. it's probably a good thing, guys, if we, like, kind of go back to how we were. Oh, it would be a great thing. Exactly. It would ultimately be good. Exactly. And, like, humans are tough. We can make, we lived... 26,000 years ago in a fucking white sands desert. Yeah. So we could probably... With mammoths. It, with mammoths. <laughs> so we could probably do it again. You yeah. Know? With like, like saber-toothed tigers exactly, roaming around. Exactly. And, and people are like, oh, like humans weren't healthy back then and all this stuff. It's like, who cares, man? I'd rather live 40 badass years like hunting buffalo and elk in the fucking wilderness oh. with no government than <laughs> live 85 years in a retirement home yeah. being a slave to the system. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's like I'm on the, like, decolonize, destroy civilization, like, side. Yeah. That's like... You know, well, it's it's like... It's almost like if you could merge the two ideas of, like, how do you rewild exa- civilization? Exactly. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Well, it's like I've seen... Um, there's like this city that was being built. I can't remember where it is. It's super amazing looking. But uh, the whole city was being built around nature. It's, it's not like 
oh, let's demolish this. It's like, how do we like put trees in buildings? And like, yeah. how do we like grow gardens on the side of things? And so like, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it looks like this, it looks like human beings have like met nature and been like, oh, okay, we're going to work together. So we can still have our building, but like you can grow here. You yeah. know, it was, it was like a very collaborative idea and it was super beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere, it was some like, like obscure island, like out by Bali or something. Yeah, it was like some like like random place that you probably wouldn't go, but you want to go when you see it. You're like, oh dang! But that that's what the whole world needs to be. We need mm-hmm. to have like instead of just a brick wall, you need to just let shit grow on it. Like encourage growth of nature in an in a way that allows for us to cohabitate the planet and so you can have you know you can have those people who still need their pillow and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but then you can still cater (laughs) to nature at the same time yeah and i I think that would be the ideal it would be the ideal but i think it just goes in waves like i bet you there was like civilization like 18 million years ago that disappeared and like we came back you know like, <laughs> who knows like there's no way to tell like those are the people who built the pyramids dude bro yeah 40,000 years ago <laughs> uh, no dude <laughs> no and so it's like who knows it comes and goes like yeah it's like you can't become attached to civilization well and much like the nature of many things in spirituality it's, it's secular you know it's mm-hmm. it's going it's constantly coming back around yeah, and all I, the time and i think this this is a really big topic for hunting especially like when me and you go out to um you know like national forest out here mm-hmm. where you're so far away from civilization and you're out there for four or five days and then you come back to denver and you're just like oh my god like mm-hmm. this can't last like, yeah. oh, you know yeah. like, go seriously spend like five days in the winter time at you know nine ten thousand feet without any bullshit and like track elk and like be out in nature and watch the stars and watch the sunrise and watch the sunset and like watch the phases of the moon and then go to a downtown city mm-hmm. and like you see that change and it's just like man this it's i don't i don't think it could last much longer man no it definitely yeah, can't <laughs> no, especially at the rate that we're going and so it's like when you see that um you kind of have to just like accept it and like do your best to preserve nature preserve the spirits preserve spirituality preserve the human essence for when civilization mm. starts to crumble yeah, and one one thing that you said about you said it when you brought up the Tibetan book of uh, the dead is it Tibetan book of living in the dead? Because that's I think that's the one I have. Uh, I think it's just Tibetan book of the dead. Because I have one that's Tibetan book of maybe the living in yeah, the dead. Yeah, I need a. I'm talking about it like I, I even haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, it's a cool book. Yeah, but there's a great quote not from that book, and I, it's from some apostle or something like that. But it's if you if you die. What is it? If you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. And I think that is very fitting yeah. for the spiritual path. Totally. And like have that ego death. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. And like uh, Paul Check says like um most people die at the age of 35 and wait another 35 years to get buried. Mm. Cuz they're like the living dead kind of. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, but uh so it's just Tibetan book of the dead or the P- Tibetan book of living and dying. That's the one I have. Okay, so I think it's like a two different ones. It's probably a, a like a, a description of it. No, it's like a it's its own book, the spiritual classic. Oh damn! That's a that's the book I have. Okay, Spe- the Tibetan book of living and dying. So the Tibetan okay. book of the dead is a different exactly different book. They're both good. Read them both. Yeah, and so yeah, we need to dive into that ourselves. Um, uh, well, you want to wrap this thing up? 
yeah so um basically quick rundown you know season two is underway we're going to be getting more episodes out there for listeners we're going to be rebuilding our website yeah um we're going to try and throw up more blogs and have more information we want to really connect um our goals are to really help move sacred or um move nat and sacred hunting Hunting. together um we want to start incorporating more functional medicine uh into these episodes and um yeah just more hunting and lastly let's talk about sacred movement super quick oh yeah yeah Yeah, so we have a program that's in the beta phase right now um and we forgot all about it (laughs) (laughs) it's in the beta phase right now we have seven people signed up um if you want the sign up link hit me up on instagram at coach cook nate or the primal aspects one but i i tend to be on my own more often so i'll get back to you faster on that one um yeah so hit hit me up it's a hundred dollars to do the beta test but that's going to lock you in for the future updates for this program so the price will not be a hundred dollars when the official program comes out so if you get in now you can give us some feedback and you'll get a huge discount it's like a it'll be like a 70 percent discount if you get in now um and the you'll get the updated future version you'll have access to i think we might be getting on mighty network we're going to have like kind of a social media community platform that the program's going to be on so yeah hit me up get in there and give us some feedback on the program but other than that i think we're good on this one yeah man sweet that's about it all right guys take care see you